0: Welcome to the Data Guru Podcast. We're your hosts, Scarlett Burks and Laurel wilhelm Volpe. We will trade off hosting duties this year to bring you a wide range of data experts discussing audience strategy, emerging trends, and practical ways to boost campaign performance. Hi, I'm Scarlett Burks. It has been a while, and I am so excited to be back together with our Chief Data Guru, Linda Harrison, for our first podcast episode of 2022. And we are ever so happy to be joined by Axiom Data Expert, Brian Radziki, to talk about data resolutions for 2022. Welcome to both of you. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks a lot. You bet.
0: So, Brian, you start us off and give us a quick snapshot of your background and your role at Axiom.
1: Sure. I am an Axiom Data Subject Matter Expert and Strategist, and my main role is to help understand clients' pain problems and use cases and see where Axiom solutions fit best. I've been all around data uh, in my career at Axiom, and that spans around 15 years. Awesome.
0: So we we are glad to have you giving us input today. We are coming off two years of pretty phenomenal change in terms of digital engagement, all of which was fueled by the pandemic. It changed the way we shopped and received our goods, and it multiplied the number of digital signals brands receive from customers. Data health is just like your body's health. You have to stay active or else things start breaking. With the new year, what resolutions are you wanting to make personally? Be more active, gain strength, or maybe get back into those skinny jeans. In the same way, it's a great time to reflect on the data resolutions you want to make. It might be cleaner data, better organizing and understanding the new data being received, or ways to increase campaign performance. So as we start 2022, you'll want to take stock of your data from what's working and what's not to see where there might be gaps. Linda, what do you recommend is the right place to start for a brand to assess its data house and shake things up a bit?
2: Well, Axiom has several reports that we can create for you. So we can look at your CRM data set. You know, 100,000 records is pretty standard. And we'll take that and we'll look across a lot of data attributes. So income, presence of children, things like that to say, how does my file differ from the national average? So do I have a lot of seniors? Not a big surprise if you're AARP, right? That you might skew a little older, though AARP starts younger than it used to, right? So it seems as I age. But You might get some of those aha moments that says, oh, you know, all these things track that I realized my file might be a little richer, a little bit older, a little bit more settled, but now I know some of their hobbies or interests or buying behaviors that I didn't know before, and I might want to leverage those in different ways moving forward. So we have a couple different reports that do that, and then there's one called the personics data portrait analysis, that we can look at our segmentation system against your file as well. So that way you can see how our life stage segmentation systems match up to your file. So a lot of people use those for things like creative and versioning and things like that. It's just a great way to get started.
0: Yeah, so taking a good hard look at the data you have. And Brian, then what are some of the things brands can learn by reviewing their match rate performance?
1: Match rates really refer to the, one, the, the number of elements that we can apply to an incoming first-party uh, data set and the coverage or the, like the, the valid value distribution um, for each of those elements. And understanding that match rate really can give you an overall view into the health of a client file. So we know that when you start to dip below Around 85% for some elements that we really, we know that are. That have very high match rates. Um, that some things might be, you know, going on in in the overall data health of that file. It could mean things like, you know, you're missing some of the main PII, like first name and last name, or pieces of the um, postal address or zip codes, or could even be a lot of um, blank records. It's just a general diagnostic that shows us, and kind of with our expertise, we can go through that match rate report and look at certain elements and give you a first look at the health of the file. You know, at the beginning of the year, you know, or a few years ago, you might have had great match rates, but maybe as time has gone on and the, and the pandemic ensued, maybe you're collecting information and data from different points of sale or different, you know, you're more e-commerce now and you have disparate pieces of information and your match rate not be as, might not be as high. And it doesn't have to be a problem necessarily, and, and we can help fill in those gaps. But this is an initial first look to help you say, this is the health of your file now and what are your match rates? And then we can help identify ways that we can help you improve that match rate.
0: So no different than the doctor taking your temperature or checking your blood pressure. You you've got to look at those numbers that give you those indicators. That's
1: Very it. much so. And then when they look at those numbers, he has a set of of uh, norms that he looks at. And if it's outside those norms, then you then you recommend some some remedies. And it's the same same here.
2: I also see people having really old data that they just never refreshed at all. They never asked their customer for new information. They didn't go through any type of cleansing, NCOA, postal updates. They're not getting email addresses. So they're not getting all those different points of contact to help us give them more data to bring it all together.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. It's, it's more data and also more accurate data. So, the more up-to-date information, the better and more accurate data we can give back to the clients. So, the pieces of information will be more accurate coming back.
0: All right. Well, Brian, are there any new use cases for data that you've seen coming out of all the changes of the last two years?
1: I think some of the, the standards still ring true. Being able to understand your own customers, how, you know, understanding messaging to them, creating the right message, offering the right product at the right place at the right time. But I think with a lot of the change in the economy and new businesses starting sometimes, but a lot of them going out of business, um, being able to identify prospects, but not only prospects, but using a sort of a competitive challenge approach where Axiom has some insights into probably has insights into competitive brands. We're able to help identify prospects that for brands that may be weak now and potentially are going out of business or have have already gone out of business. So you can grow your market share, maybe in a climate where you you don't think you can grow, but we have some insights that can really help with that. Awesome.
0: Yeah, it has certainly been a bit of a roller coaster ride for many businesses and and trying to adjust and adapt uh, as things have changed so rapidly.
2: Think about how many retail stores have closed. Right. So you could go after if you're Macy's, you could go after Kohl's, you could go after Dillard's, things like that, because we do have predictive data on a consumer who's likely to shop at those other places. So that's one of the great uses that Brian's referring to.
1: Exactly right. We I mean we didn't have the ability to take geographic locations. You know, if a hey, those stores were are within a radius and maybe there's one of your stores, you know, in, in a in an overlapping radius, and we can show you exactly how many potential customers are within that geography that you may be able to acquire.
0: Some great ideas there. So Linda, our first two resolutions are to better understand our data and assess match rate performance. What's one more data resolution to get more value from data in 2022? I would say Test new data
2: and test new channels. So if you're not doing email prospecting, e-prospecting, that's something I highly recommend. We've seen almost triple the amount of business in the e-prospecting world. You know, it used to be considered not so cool to to go after prospects in email channel that they wouldn't get the response rates, but life has changed. People are very e-commerce friendly And we're looking at our email boxes every day. So go ahead and try email prospecting. I'd also say, make sure you have the full, robust data sources out there. You want some known information. You want predictive data. You might want a segmentation system like Personics. And then, I don't know, throw something in a little bit new and different for the next year, like uh, Axiom Semantics
0: or Data-Driven Contextual. Try everything. Yeah. What will semantic or contextual, what will that tell you or how the, will that give you a different approach using that data? Right. So that data is based on what people are looking at online.
2: So it's what they're consuming online. So if you think about how quickly we make decisions today, some of the signals that are given off are really online only and you have a very limited time to jump in and go after that consumer. Case in point, the Thursday before Thanksgiving, we stopped by a car dealership. Friday, I had a new car. So you have to jump in so fast to try and capture those eyeballs. So Axiom Semantic and Data-Driven Contextual finds consumers as they're starting their research. I researched like crazy for 72 hours, and then I bought. So that's a great way to get in front of people while they're in
0: that decisioning stage. Yes, you bought in seventy two hours, and yet I spent a month researching new tires. <laughs> I need your assistance, <laughs> Brian and Linda, for both of you, could you share examples of how clients have used data in a way that drove significant impact for their business? Just some you know sure. live from the trenches. here's how how data is being used in innovative ways
1: sure not 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 a problem. So we work with a large home improvement retailer. Um, and they utilize, you know, we've kind of been talking about appending data, um, and a little bit about the prospecting side, but we have, and Linda mentioned the semantic and contextual as well. So they're very relevant and timely, right? Um, but we also have a set of files called hotlines files and what they allow you to do for certain things like being a pre-mover or just new moving or you know, borrowing or refinancing on a, on a current residence, those are sort of hot. They're sort of um, the, the individual is in market to do something. They've already completed an action. So you know, you've purchased a new home or you've refinanced a loan. Those are indicative and sort of triggers to identify some, you know, some potential buying activity that you might engage in. So home improvement and you know, remodeling and buying things to fix up a new house are, are one of those. And those files get used wildly by that retailer. They use them extensively. They drive a great share of their business, not only on the consumer side, but also on the sort of like the preferred contractor side. They are integrated all throughout their entire identity resolution process. So they're tracking, as they're sending these uh, prospect messages out based on these timely prospect files that we're able to provide, they're linking them together with their own point of sale information and knowing when they come and complete that action. So not only are they able to send out a timely offer, But they're able to understand one, maybe do they have those individuals already? uh, And then understand their kind of tie their existing buying activity that they have in their first party data with their new buying activity. And you would think like sort of like the economic turmoil going on, that home improvement might be slowing. That's the exact opposite, at least where in my neighborhood, there's a contractor truck every day. We had some things done at our house as well. So um, especially for right now, files like that, that can indicate a new move, an upcoming move or refinancing to you know make some improvements to an existing residence can be extremely valuable for a multitude of clients.
0: Awesome. Linda, how about you?
2: Well, I have been working a lot with automotive and they use that data discovery report to say what makes my clients look different and they're trying to go after electric vehicles, right? And there's not a lot of electric vehicles out on the road today. There's just a few brands that are really out there. So we did a lot of analytics and then we are testing some models we custom built for them to go after that in email. So we're doing e-prospecting for an electric vehicle and trying to get those hand raisers even before the product is in the dealership.
0: It's pretty fun. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I just have to say my uh, most exciting upgrade has not been to my own personal home. But uh, this week in my neighborhood, the trucks have been laying new uh, new. Cable line. And I believe that we are getting ready to get the upgraded internet service. And after working at home for, you know, almost two years now, I am extremely excited (laughs) about the prospect of that. (laughs) Good stuff. Um, All right. So as we come to a close, Linda, tell me one data truth that has remained constant amidst all the changes of these last two years. Know your customer. If you don't know who your customer is
2: and you don't keep track of what they like and how you resonate with them, they may not be your customer anymore. They might become XYZ's best customer. So keep ahead of the Joneses, understand what data resonates, how Axiom can help you find and secure the people you have today and find more like them. Brian, what do you say?
1: Yep, I I agree. So kind of staying still and not moving forward because your clients, your customers are not uh, staying still either. So brand preferences, you know, have changed quite a bit over the pandemic and so have channels. So, you know, especially things like maybe direct mail was the channel of choice uh, for customers. At one point, you're going in and redeeming a coupon. But now that uh, everybody's kind of home, at least for now, you know, e-commerce is probably going to be a, a much larger share of your business. So understanding how People who may not have interacted in one channel 10, 12, 18 months ago are now interacting in a new channel. Being able to touch them and message to them and through the right channel is extremely important.
0: Awesome the advice from both of you. Thanks for sharing that. Um, any other thoughts? Test, test, test. Never stop testing. Oh. Test, test. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you both so much for being part of this episode and helping us to kick off 2022. I appreciate it.